Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Father, we thank you this morning for your mercy and grace. We thank you that there's a place called the house of God, the place of worship, where we lift up hands to the king of heaven. We celebrate Christ. We celebrate God, our creator. We celebrate his goodness in our life. We worship and adore you, O God. We praise your holy name. Nothing is greater than acknowledging that your hand is upon our lives and that your redemption and your spirit of grace has been uh, manifest and shown to us in measures that we never even dreamed possible. When we had lost our families, you restored them by the spirit of your redemption. When we've lost our sons, you've redeemed them, O God, back into the family. When we've lost our treasures, you have brought them back to us holy and multiplied and fruitful, God. When we lost hope and expectation, we can say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. Father, prosper your word in the hearts of your people and fill us with your spirit to welcome the spirit of redemption into our lives that we make a difference in a world gone, going to hell in a handbasket who have not yet tasted your grace and have rejected, Father God, your redemption plan. I pray that our eyes would be open this morning, that your word would be a lamp unto our feet, that your word would be a good seed planted in good hearts that would give forth good fruit, O God, that your word would be a double-edged sword and penetrate the depth of our being, O God, that we might live out your plan instead of religion, reality. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. I don't know how you go about describing uh, your desperate, dark, and devastations. How do you go about... Um, we, we, we decide many times not even to talk about these ugly torn and shattered places in our life that have been so stricken with brokenness and and I've described it many times I remember one little one woman came into my office and she says from the age I was seven my mom started bringing men over to my house and every boyfriend that she ever brought this is the most beautiful little girl that you would ever see every man that she brought into the home would rape her would abuse her would molest her and now she was 34 years old and she's telling me the story, and she's so amazingly, um, her face is so, so attractive, so beautiful, so, so uh, in, in her perfection. She starts telling you her story, and all I felt was like a porcelain china doll thrown to the ground, shattered in a million pieces. It could never be placed back together again. You could never fix that. You could never address that. You could never even come close to putting her life back together again the imperfections on steroids, the obvious stupidity, ignorance, cruelty, the devastation. And think about what these things, well, who are these people in your life? It might be an ex-husband. It, it, it might be a friend. It might be a co-worker. It might be a family member. It might be a pastor. It might be a church member. Describe the, 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 the depth of sick mankind upon the earth. People that are just outright cruel, that deserve no mercy, that deserve no grace, that deserve no kindness in their direction. Describe that in your mind. Illustrate it. And then we see from, from one end of the Bible where things would go desperately wrong in God's sight. God never planned that men would sin. He never planned that men would leave the fellowship of God. 
He never wanted to see man naked and ashamed. That's not what God intended. He never wanted to see Cain kill his younger brother Abel, the murder of a family member. These, these sick things, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer burying 26 bodies in his backyard after he had eaten some of them and chopped up other ones and stuck them in the refrigerator. And you say, that's an animal, that's a monster. It doesn't deserve any compassion or mercy. And here the concept of redemption comes in. Somebody comes and decides to pay for that craziness. Somebody that decides to say, you know something, it's worth me going out of my way to bring back this person that doesn't, doesn't deserve, does not merit any act of my kindness. As I look into the dictionary, the word redemption says the act of regaining possession. To give something in exchange for a debt, uh, to pay something that was lost. Freeing somebody from the ravages of bondage. Letting a murderer go free. Going in there and paying that price. I want to tell you that if there's one story in this book from Genesis to Revelations, the word is redemption. That there's a God in heaven that moved in the direction of not considering the elements of ugly and dark, desperate, devastated brokenness, of hurt and pain and rebellion. And he decided to step in to show us the spirit of redemption. He starts out in the book of Genesis um, and Exodus, Leviticus and Numbers. In Exodus 6.6, he says to the children of Israel, I'm the Lord your God. I will bring you out of the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from the bondage. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm with mighty glorious decisions that I'll make on your benefit and behalf. So he starts moving towards letting these people that are slaves, that have rebelled, that have gone into bondage. And he says, I will bring you out from under this mound of cesspool of sewage of the stinking affairs of this world when my when my little boys were th uh, one two and three it was nicholas joshua and brandon and and I, I i wanted to take them on a on a field trip i said come boys you guys are going to ride with dad now it was one two and three and i wanted them to be able to understand the stench of sin how horrible sin is in our life how horrible it, it clings on you with a, 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 a smell that, listen to me, if, if you want to smell death, go to a house that burns down, and after they put out the fire, go smell the clothes. I took all our clothes to a special dry cleaning place, they put on a, a special liquids, they, and you still smell it a year and four months later, and you smell the stench of hell. The deep fires of devastation that happened to our home. So I took my three boys uh, behind Publix to a dumpster where they threw all the rotten fruit and all the vegetables that had been there for three weeks boiling in the hot Florida sun. It was summertime. And I said, come on, boys, let's go smell something. These boys almost started throwing up. They're like, Dad, Dad, why are you, what is that? I go, that's sin. That's the smell of sin. They've never forgotten. I think Nick's still... I hope he takes my grandson to smell the stench of sin. 
to smell the stench of, of Lazarus in the tomb, four days dead, five days buried. And he says, don't go in there, Lord. And he says, remove the stone. That's the spirit of redemption. And Lazarus, come forth. And so the story in the Bible is I'm going to go there where nobody's going to go. And not only am I going to go there, I'm going to pay the price to pull this thing out to the other side. It's something that we Christians still have imperfected. It's something that we have, we have received and we celebrate every Sunday. But now it's our turn to go to the world and to redeem everything lost, everything broken, everything stingy, everything that nobody would do anything for. Why? Because that's imitating Christ. That is walking like our Savior. We'll see it in the book of Ruth. A portrait of God coming to pay the price in Boaz. Ruth chapter 2 verse 20. Where it is explained to her that there's a man that's able to bring you out of poverty, bring you back into inheritance, put you back in family. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, blessed be he of the Lord, he who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said to her, this man is a relation of ours, one of our close relatives. This man is going to pay you back. Uh, Ruth uh, 4.14 the message in the Bible is that God leaves no one without a redeemer. There's not anybody upon the earth that God does not desire to bring back to the other side. The woman said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative. And may his name be famous in Israel. There's a redeemer in creation. There's a redeemer in mankind. There's one who stands. It says the kinsman redeemer is a male relative who according to the laws of the Jewish people had the privilege and the responsibility to act on behalf of a relative that was in trouble, in danger, or in need. How often do we have the opportunity to move with the Spirit of Christ to redeem those that are stuck, that have no way out, that they haven't even heard that there is a Redeemer, that there's a man who sticks his hand in the fire, so we have the people of Israel being redeemed out of Egypt. We have Ruth being redeemed by Boaz. But the most incredible story of redemption is right there in the Bible in the book of Hosea. In the book of Hosea, the Lord tells Hosea, go and marry Gomer. Go and marry this unfaithful woman who does not stand a chance in a marriage relationship because she's, desired, she's decided to put her heart towards her lovers. She constantly goes and she gives herself away. And, and God tells Hosea, I'm going to speak to you these things. Mary Gomer, a wife that continues to run after her lovers. Hosea, a picture of Christ's redemption. His unfaithful wife, Gomer. This man was a preacher. He was a prophet. One day the Lord came to him and said, Hosea, I want you to marry a woman who's going to prove unfaithful to you. You're going to love her, but she's going to turn from your love. Nevertheless, the more faithless she becomes, the more faithful and loving you will be. I want you to do this because I want to give Israel an illustration of how I love them. Your marriage will be a pageant. You will play the part of God and the woman will play the part of Israel. For I love Israel with an unchangeable love and she runs from me and takes other gods as her lovers. And he says, I don't only want you 
to marry her. Um, Hosea chapter 1 verse, I believe it's 3. He says, I want you to name one, your first child that will be born will be Jezreel. Call your first offspring from the relationship with this woman, Jezreel, which means he will be scattered. That God was going to scatter his people all over the face of the earth. They would be so lost. Lost. In darkness, in disconnect, in despair, in desperation. Call your second son that will be born. Uh, um, the second one will be called Lo Rama. Which means no one will show love towards this person. A scattered people, an unloved people. And the third one you call Lo-Ami, not my people. I don't want to be associated. They're not my relatives. How many have ever uh, disowned a relative? No, they're not related really. They're really twice removed, far off into the sunset. You don't want to be related. He's really not my dad. We, he's my sperm donor. All these, all these actions that we take to disconnect ourselves, we, we disassociate ourselves. They're so embarrassing. We don't even want to, we don't want to recognize them. And then here's the message that God says in Hosea, this, this incredible story. You should read it if you have never read it. How God causes Hosea to marry Gomer. He, he has to, she, she gives herself away to a man. And Hosea goes and pays to purchase his wife back to himself. He's buying groceries and he drops it off at her house when she's with another man. I mean, the depth of ugly in this, in this book are, are way worse than you could ever imagine yourself going through. And, 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 and a lot of people take, take a deference to this action. Look what it says in Hosea chapter 2 verse 5. The mother of these children have, has played like a prostitute. She who conceived them, these three children, has behaved shamefully. For she said, I will go after my lovers. Her lovers were not giving her anything. She was just giving herself away for free. Prostitution is really bad. Uh, you're selling yourself off. But to give yourself away for free? And then to have your husband come and bring you groceries? And then instead of her recognizing the love of her husband, she says, I will go after my lovers who give me my bread and my water and my clothes and my linen, my food, my drink. It wasn't her lovers. It was her husband. He was paying the groceries and bringing it to that house. You say, why? Because of the redemption that you and I don't know is the redemption of God towards our life. The love of God towards us. You know what he does with the three children? He says, no longer will Jezreel be made scattered. I'm going to gather and plant him. Redemption is, is one who sees something out of place and puts it in place so that it flourishes. So that it multiplies, so it becomes fruitful. I used to say that to my divorcees when they used to come into my office. I said, listen to me. You have just described the perfect description of somebody you shouldn't want to see for the rest of your life. But let me ask you, what would you see this person in God's grace, forgiven, loved, accepted, renewed, born again? What would be that expression? What would it be expression instead of a frown, a smile? Instead of rejection, a welcoming? Hey, the story of redemption, Mr. Estrada. I, I get visited last, uh, he invites me to Thanksgiving last year. It's a time when you invite your friends and your family. And, and I'm there with my wife and I knock on the door and when they open the door, his ex-wife is there. I went, ah! I was like, what is she doing here? 
And I walk a little bit further, I see his ex-wife's mom, la ex-suegra. And I'm like, ah! And the spirit of redemption on this family has healed with his ex-wife, his ex-mother-in-law. They're having Thanksgiving together. That's the spirit of Christ. That's the spirit of God. That's what we've experienced it, it, with God the Father and lost away. He gives his son and brings us back. And now we're not scattered no more. We're planted. We're not rejected no more. We're embraced. This is redemption. I said, Carlos, don't eat the food. They're here to poison you. The levels of, of hatred and bitterness and sin, the stench of hell, everything wrought by the devil. Now covered by the aroma of God's perfume. Your favorite dessert, Carlos. I said, don't do it, Carlos. And he says, Joaquin, you don't know. I went to their house and I asked them for forgiveness. I went to their house and told them I was sorry for everything I had ever done. When Jesus was not living in my heart. When I didn't know God. And so we're living these realities on a daily basis. It's not leaving the things as they are. It's saying, Lord, fill me with the spirit of Christ. Fill me with the spirit of redemption. Let me see what a plumber does that's wrong. And let me, let me have grace to allow him to repair and to restore. Let me see what an electrician does that's out of order. And let the spirit of God come and sustain me with a smile. And acknowledge the goodness and mercy of God in his life. And not... Sending him to the next house. That's redemption. That's us. That's our God. In Pharaoh, he redeemed us out of the hand of Pharaoh. In Ruth, he redeems us from losing our families, having no inheritance, and Boaz coming and taking the place of restoration. Jezreel now is Jezreel, which means now you're planted. Lo Roma, not love, not pitied, means Roma. He says he would rename the children of Hosea. He would rename Lo-Ami, those that are not my people, unassociated. The spirit of redemption causes you to bring everybody under the shadow of your covering. Why? Because the spirit of Christ is upon you. It's a different spirit. It attacks darkness with light. It attacks bad things with good things. Do well to those who curse you. Bless those who persecute you. For in by doing this, you will be declared the son of God. You will be named after the family of God. No, nobody does that. In Revelations 5, 9, we have this glorious picture at the end of the age. There's going to be people from all tribes, nations, and tongue. And they will say this song. They're singing a song. They sing a new song. This is at the end of time when we're up in heaven. Saying, you are worthy to take the scroll to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe, tongue, and people. Out of every nation. You have redeemed us to God by your blood. By your sacrifice. Is this going to be easy? In no ways. In no ways is it going to be easy. We have Christ saying that the way he redeemed us was through the sacrifice of the cross. That's the way he did it. Ephesians 1, 7. In him, you have redemption through his blood. The price he paid gives you forgiveness as a sin. What is sin? It's the, the healing of all things wrong. According to the riches of what? Grace. The wealth of the freedom that you have. 
Listen, you don't have to do that. You're just going to show the person that you're wealthier than them. They are poorer than you. You're making them whole while they continue to run up a debt. They, they continue to run up a bill. They continue to press on you, and you continue to lavish them with the grace God has given you. That you go do the same thing that God has done with you. You're keeping other people's counts of their wrongs. How about yours? Where are yours? Well, they got the water baptism. I, Jesus, he, he made them go away. How are you keeping a, a wrong, a, a list of debts of wrong? In whom we have redemption. How do we have redemption? Through his blood. The price of what? Of the forgiveness of sin. Fixing the things wrong. According to what? According to the lavish riches of his grace. Isn't that what that verse says? According to, to the bank account we have now of God's grace. What is grace? It's the capacity to open up your arms and to show forth redemption. To who? To the most unworthy. To the derelict. To the, to the totally. I, I can't even describe it. It's beyond words to describe the, the depth of the darkness. Colossians 1.13 says, He has freed us from the power of darkness. Surely you want to free those that are around you that are stuck and enslaved to their, to their um, demon-possessed existence, to be dri uh, driven by the torment of thoughts that are negative. They have no good thoughts. They have no good abilities to bring forth. He freed us from the power of darkness. How deep was the power of darkness in your life? I know in my life, woo, way beyond messing up in a little bit of construction, way beyond something that is, is done to me or expressed towards me or a relationship gone wrong. He freed us from the power of darkness, and now he's delivered us into the kingdom of his son. He's, he's, he's ushered it. He's grabbed the hand. And, and he continues to try to lead. I don't want you to take my hand. I don't want you to lead me. Uh, last, yesterday, uh, one of my wife's cousins, we've known him my whole marriage, 22 years old. Listen to me. On a personal level, there's no person that I would rather not talk to the rest of my life. This is so selfish, so empty, so, so individually drawn. And we continue to lavish him with the grace of redemption. I said, Rudy, it's kind of tough for you to do life alone. You're not meant to do life alone. Come and join the men's group on Monday night. Well, you don't know how. Listen, I've known you for 25 years. I know you. Everything you're going to say to me from now to when you finish, I know you've said it to me 15,000 times. But God still wants you not to be alone. God wants you to come and meet the men and be part of a group and do life together with families. And that's the spirit of redemption. The continued throwing a lifeline in the direction of people. We were talking with Victor Pava yesterday for five years waiting for him to come and, and to, to experience redemption and grace and goodness and mercy and love and fellowship. He's delivered us. In verse 14 it says, In whom we have redemption through the sacrifice of his blood. Through his blood. The forgiveness of sin. Redemption requires the price. Who pays the price? You pay the price. What's the price? The debt that belongs to others. The wrongs that others have done to us. <laughs> Is, is the price you need to pay. For what? For redemption. And that leads to the forgiveness of sin. You're going to break the bondage of sin. In the wickedness of darkness, good outweighs bad. Light devastates darkness. You don't fight darkness with darkness, deeper darkness. More insults, more curses, more rebellion, more toxic relationships. Sowing. Listen, be redeeming 
in the showing forth of Jesus' grace. And so there it is, Psalm 107, verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Those he has redeemed from the depth of the prisons of darkness that held us bound in bondage for too long. Is this sinking in? Is it soaking in? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We of all people upon the earth should be shouting the high praises of God that he pulled us out of the grasp of the devil's hands. And if he's done that for us, we can surely shout to other people that the power of sin and darkness and curse. We had such an incredible evening last Thanksgiving seeing the goodness, the mercy, the glory of God. That the end of the plan for the Estrada family was, was a reconciliation, a restoration, where nobody could fix in anything. The Spirit of Christ prevailed over all animosity, over all stench of hell, past hurts, past offenses. Only the Spirit of God can do that. So we have the obligation, we have the requirement to, to go around shouting, and, and allowing to be the portraits and illustration of redemption. What's that mean? If you see a piece of paper that's out of a garbage can, be redeeming. Grab that piece of paper and put it in the trash. You say, "Woo, I'm redeeming. I'm redeeming this stuff. Things are out of order. I'll place them in order. Things are out of context. I will put into context. I will, I will heal relationships. I will reconcile family. There's nothing more glorious than that. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. To whom... God has delivered from the hand of the enemy. And you, you use yourself as a description. You can tell the people, I know, I was there. I was there. I was there. No way out. But look what it says here in verse, uh, Psalm 130, verse 7. Israel, transfer your confidence in the Lord. For with the Lord there is love and there is abundant redemption. There's, there's plenty of redemption. says, Hey, Pastor, mine's the only case in the whole universe that's never going to be redeemed. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's the devil speaking to you right now. Why? It says here, in him is abundant redemption. Amen. Abundant. Uh, I started praying. Yeah, absolutely. There's a big hand to the Lord. Lord, every relationship, every situation out of order, everything that is wicked and twisted, the spirit of redemption of the Lord comes upon it and use me, Lord, with redemptive words, with redemptive thoughts, with redemptive disposition. Let that, let that thing flow through you as a vessel of God, a vessel of honor towards everything that looks unredeemable. And so I, I've decided from now on, knowing the abundance of the Lord, as I pray from now on, I'm going to say, Lord, I bless this food in Jesus' name, and I thank you because you always make my provision abundant, and you make it delicious. Amen. You're a good God. You're an amazing God. You put your hand, the, the, the sign of redemption is somebody sticks their hand in the crapola, in the sewage, in the depth of the stench, and pulls this thing out and makes it like it's brand new. That's the plan of redemption for all things, for all things. Verse 8, he will redeem his people from all, I love this verse, from everything twisted, from everything defective, from everything that's, that's smelly. You underline all their iniquities. He shall redeem Israel 
from every, everything twisted. You could redeem a relationship with your father, with your brother, with your sister, with your mother-in-law, with your sister-in-law. You could, with your ex, you could redeem it with your triple X, old, old, old friend that you thought there was nothing there. And you say, you know something? There's a spirit on me that's different than the spirit you knew before. There's something glorious about a God who's low ammy, disassociated. You're not part of the family. Guess what? Redemption says ammy. It's not no association. It's, it's extreme association. Now we'll be family for eternity. Romans 3.24. Those he's justified. He's made whole. And he's, he did it through freely it didn't cost a person anything you didn't expect anything in return for this grace you didn't wait for a phone call asking you for forgiveness first oh i'm sorry i was wrong no the grace brings redemption that is learned in christ freely by grace it's not going to cost the other person anything but they got to pay they got to they got to you got to pay too and you were redeemed by god's goodness first peter 1:18 says you know that from every form of a useless existence. I love that. That was my translation. It says from an empty way of life. From corruptible. You were not redeemed with corruptible. Right? There, there wasn't. Uh, this is the verse that I have here. It says like this. It says you know that from your empty way of life. You're inherited from your ancestors. You were ransomed. Let's go to verse 17. Maybe it's 17. Oh no. It's at the bottom. There it is. That's the one. From your aimless conduct. You don't even know where you're going. You don't even know what you're doing. You're just, you're just throwing punches and you're kicking and, and you're going through life without aim. With a conduct that's embarrassing. You're making a, an embarrassment of yourself, of your existence. Because you learned that from the traditions of your fathers. You were redeemed with, uh, not with corruptible things like silver or gold from your empty way of life. From your, um, verse 19, through the blood of the Lamb. With that precious blood of Jesus. In other words, with the high costly blood of the Son was poured out in the direction of forgiveness of sin because of an attempt to redeem. As a lamb without blemish, without spot, an indefenseless Lamb of God had to pour out His blood in respect to pay for restoration, for deliverance. Mark 10, 45, for even the son did not come to be served. He's not serving himself, but to serve. And how did he serve? Giving his life to be a redeemer for many, as a ransom. Giving his life as a ransom that many might be saved. Listen to me. Uh, you might think that this has to do with the preliminary, just close relationship with, with your immediate unit. It doesn't. This thing pours over to your children, to your grandchildren. If you don't come in with redemption, the devil's going to continue to perpetuate darkness and sickness and stench. And it's just going to catch your sons, your grandsons. It's going to be the animosity in your family. Uh, the Estrada, Carlos Estrada decided, Veronica, listen, if, if Carlos wanted to invite his ex, fine, but how about Veronica, his, his wife now, right? And she could have said, hey, you know, I'm a Christian, but I, I have limits. I, I, I draw a line. And she says, no, redemption. She, she's like, come on. Come into my kitchen, use, use my utensils, sit at my table, enjoy our family. That's the spirit of God. That's the spirit of redemption. 
And, and if you guys want them to pray for you, that, that thing will be imparted to. Veronica, you have permission to pray for all these women so that they might have the spirit of redemption on their life. And then they might be able to act greater than the offense that has been happening in their life. And for years, for years, who would have seen the day? Somebody wake me up. I think I'm dreaming. Who would have thought that through grace there was free expression of unmerited rescue? In Luke chapter 2, verse 36, there was Anna the prophetess. And all she would do all day is talk about God's plan of redemption. How, how would that change the story if today we started talking? Every, uh, yesterday we were having some family conversations. And somebody's like, well, this paper person's an idiot. And I can't believe that uh, this person uh, has no forgiveness from God. And I hope they burn in hell. And I, and I was like, wow, you're being so kind today. You have such a nice disposition about you today in your conversation. You just sent everybody to hell and you want to know nobody. You really know how to trash people. Wow, that's pretty impressive. That every time we open our mouth, there's no redemption. There's no grace. There's, there's just uh, throwing everybody into the pit of hell. And because we don't have the spirit of the Lord. And in these crazy relationships that God has given us as an opportunity to shine forth as sons and children of light. We continue to perpetuate, I won't forgive them. Well, okay, I'll forgive them, but I won't forget. Well, okay, I'll forgive them and forget, but they're not coming into my house. Really? How about you not getting into God's house? There was a prophetess, Anna. She was the daughter of this gentleman, Fanuel. The tribe of Asher, she was the great age. She was of great age, and she lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. Um, verse 37 this woman who was great in age, she was 80 years old. This woman was a widow about 84 years old who did not depart from the temple but served God with fasting and prayer, verse 38. And what was she doing at 84? Not departing from the temple. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption. Her, her everyday conversation was, God's going to forgive. God's going to show up on time. God's going to restore. God's going to reconcile. She was always talking about the hand of God that would intervene to save the day. Listen, people, if there's any people upon the planet Earth that need to be these type of people, it's us. There's, there's already people that are feeding people to the wolves and to the lions and, and throwing them in the pit of hell. And Hillary is a demon. Listen to me. I believe in redemption. I believe the hand of God will come and have a glorious outcome of his goodness like he had with me. Like he showed with me. Like Paul says, the worst of all sinners. Why would God want to redeem me? I'm a, I was not going anywhere good at any time. I didn't have one good thought in my heart. Not good, one good word in my lips. But you know what? Hebrews 9.12 says that, that he has brought us into this redemption, which is eternal. It's never ending. Not with the blood of goats. He didn't seal this thing with una, un gallino de la madrina en santería and do some little witchcraft there. No. He says, my, my son's blood is on this plan. My, my son's blood speaks volumes. Not blood of goats, not blood of cows, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once and for all and he obtained for us eternal redemption. Things that are never going to be uh, healed and fixed he made a way Galatians 4 verse 5 let's go to 3 verse 13 first Galatians 3 13 Christ redeemed us from the curse everything was, was set up for us to be lost forever and having become a curse for us he redeemed us from the curse 
He redeemed us. Chapter 4, verse 5. To redeem us who were under a great weight of destruction, despair, desperation, and darkness. There's no way out. We, we have lost our ability to be part of God's family ever again. And he comes up and says, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoptions of son. Come back to the family. Come back into the relationship. Let the spirit of God govern. Hey, listen to me. You don't know what the spirit of God is able to do through his redemption plan. When you see something broken, when you see something out of place, when you see things that are really twisted, start praying for redemption. Titus 2.14 says he gave himself for us. He surrendered. He laid down his life that he might redeem us from every lawless deed, from everything twisted. Could you, could you put the list of those things that are in these people's life, every lawless deed, everything that is not good, he stuck his hand in there and, and he intervened and paid the price and brought us back from every lawless deed. What for? To cleanse us for himself, a special people, now looking forward for good works. And then verse 15, Paul tells Titus, speak these things, shout them, rebuke those with all authority that no one would be despised, right? That nobody despised this message. Let's stand this morning. I thank God for my construction. I thank God for things out of place and being able to be gracious and redeeming and say, you know something, don't worry about it. I got your back. It's no issue. I know in this world that you live in that you're so perfect you can't deal with imperfect people. How many know somebody like that? Watch this, ready? I know that in that perfect world you live in that you never screw up, you, you have no, you can't tolerate imperfect people. Pobrecito, que infeliz. Or you could look in the mirror and say, you know something? The redemption of God has come on my life and I can redeem my dad. I can redeem my workers. I can redeem my family relationships. I can have that heart. And listen to me. Don't get confused. This doesn't mean to go and dwell where angels fear to dwell. Don't get yourself in that scenario. But as far as it concerns you, this heart needs to be huge with a spirit of redemption. To have the expectation and the restoration and the reconnect of all things. Let's ask the musicians to come forward. If they're here, I know some of them are, are rehearsing. But I want to spend time in the presence of God. Because this, we've heard something that's been very powerful. Now we need to bring that in and say, Lord, I, I don't want to hear about these things. I want to live them. Because that means Jesus is living in me. I want to make sure that my sons can see that reality. That, that my grandchildren grow up in a family where they're hearing my Redeemer lives. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I've been redeemed from the hands of my enemy. I've been delivered from deep darkness. Um, if you have a health condition, believe that God is going to redeem. Because health is a redeemable. When your health is lost, uh, the Spirit of God can redeem it. We have testimonies all throughout this place. Um, but let's, as the, as the musicians come forward, let's raise our hands to heaven. And, and say, Lord... I want you to move through me in every opportunity from now until I die to be one who moves like Jesus. I want to be like Boaz and to be able to come into a person's life and say, you know something, I have your back. 
I want to be like Hosea, even though the extreme expressions of wickedness, of, of infidelity, of twisted perversion, and then you go and take groceries over there, and you say, you know something? There's a spirit on me that's more excellent than the sin and stench on you. There's a joy in me that the depth of what you want to make me sad is not going to happen. There's a light in me that the desperate nature of your darkness is not going to ever shadow over and bring me to have the disposition you're in because you're in bondage, because the devil has you in his grip, because you don't know a way out, because you are deep and desperate. And, and you know, we, we often share the gospel from the point of view of we have been redeemed, but there's some of you still waiting redemption. Still waiting for the time where God delivers you from the hurtful, painful, sad, ugly things in this life. And while we celebrate our, 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 our feast in the Lord, we also have an expectation of reminding you that God is going to pay the full price of whatever it takes to bring you to his side, to plant you again, to connect you, to make you loved and not forsaken, embraced. Spirit of God, fall upon us afresh this morning. Give us that reality to be kind even in the midst of people's bitter and sneaky ways, Lord, that want to trip us up, want to cause us to be offended, want to cause us to, to walk in a spirit that's not a spirit of excellence, that wants us to hold back uh, offense and not forgive. Spirit of Christ, come afresh upon us, our families. Every single one of us are redeemed. Our possessions are redeemed. The, the treasures of many years of inheritance that have been lost are recovered in Boaz. This woman had lost everything. Ruth had lost everything. But we see the, the kinsman redeemer come back and says, you know something? You have an inheritance. Forget about the devil saying you lost your inheritance. Forget about the devil reminding you that you're a widow. I'm going to take you as my wife like Boaz did. Father, we glorify your name. As we sing this song to the Lord, let's worship God in his goodness and, and, and be grateful for this process of redemption in the glorious riches of his grace. Hallelujah. Challenges for you to bring out your religious measuring stick, your Pharisee, and say, okay, how much am I going to redeem this person? Uh, he, he went past my redemption plan. He's out of coverage. No, 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 and a thousand times no. All things redeemed in Jesus Christ. That's the message of the gospel. That's the celebration we have. There's nothing we can do that is so out of length of his love. His love far passes the measure of our wickedness and sin. And the blood of Jesus wipes it all away. Father, thank you for this day that we celebrate your victory. Your redemption plan in our lives is not for religious people. It's for real people. People that know the death that you paid to bring us back to relationship with you, to bring us back into the plan, uh, to the plan of God, to the family of God, to be planted in the courts of God. And those people that we think will never come and they'll never be here lifting up holy hands, they're here already. And so bring in the rest of them. Bring in the rest of them, Lord. That your plan of re glorious redemption would be greater than the devil's plan of destruction and of this. Uh, the desperate despair and dissension. We 
pray that you would be glorious to us and to our children and to our families. That wherever our feet stand, wherever our children's feet stand, that's land of redemption, Lord. Land that belongs to you. Land of conquest. Land to be salt and light. And you be glorious in our lives. And never let us forget this message, oh God. And never let us leave the proclamation that makes the devils and the demons shake in their boots. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb because of His glorious grace and love with which He had for us. While we were yet sinners, while we were in darkness, while we were depraved, wicked, dissenters of heaven's gospel, He sent His Son to die for us on the cross and shed His blood that we might also have an opportunity to lay down our lives to redeem those that are within our reach. In Jesus' name we pray, and the house of God says amen, amen, and amen. Greet one another in the love of God. God bless you. All the men tomorrow night at 8 o'clock.